0: Welcome to How Did I Get This Far? Each episode will tackle the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode of How Did I Get This Far? We talk about basic cooking skills. How do you spice up a plain burger? And do you have the right tools needed in the kitchen? And there are a lot of ways to make fast food taste like a five-star meal. All that and more right now. Hello and welcome to a fresh new episode seasoned with an awesome guest. This topic is probably one of the most anticipated ones. To help ease our fear of preparing our own meals is Tinger Shay. She is the founder of the food and travel blog Dash of Ting, where she shares tasty cultural cuisines and travel tips. She has also hosted shows on Taste Made, which we probably all watched because it made basic cooking look easy.
1: Ha ha. But thanks for being here, Tinger. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited and I'm excited to share a few tips with you guys on how to elevate your meals.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, the way we connected is kind of related to the topic. Um, When I was casting foodies for a game show, you had replied to my Facebook post. And once I looked into you more, I knew that you would be perfect for the show. You were confident, you're outgoing, and you obviously knew your stuff. So I'm excited to have you share some more tips.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That was a really fun uh, quiz that we took or like show. And thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that we can continue our connection and that we became friends from it all. that was very rewarding. (laughs) So talk more about being a foodie. What made you so interested in food and becoming a foodie?
1: I think inherently I'm Asian. and <laughs> So a lot of Asians just love food. It's part of our culture. It's part of our DNA. When I was younger, my mom would literally feed me food from the stovetop to my mouth. And I'm like, mom, it's hot. But after a while, you just got used to it. So I like my food piping hot when possible. It's usually not Um, happening while I'm doing like posts on food for like restaurants or brands I'm working with. But in the ideal world, I would love it literally from the stove to my mouth.
0: (laughs) I love that you love everything about food. For me growing up, I was a really picky eater. I was the opposite of you. I didn't eat basic things. I didn't eat eggs. I didn't eat potatoes unless they were French fries. I didn't eat bacon. Mm -hmm. I didn't like dressing on my salad. I would joke that the only sandwich I would eat was an Oreo. And then even in like all through college, I did not like a lot of foods. My one of my best friends took a picture of my tray in the dining hall. And it was a very typical tray for me. It was like a piece of fried chicken, a couple cucumbers, maybe some mandarin oranges, lots of water and a slice of chocolate cake. And like that was pretty much all I ate.
1: At least you had a variety, and you added vegetables. You know, <laughs> you sound kind of similar to the contestant that was the opposite of me. All she yep. would do was eat, I think, hot pockets. <laughs> That's right. Yes, and the foods couldn't touch each other. That's what I remember.
0: Yes, uh, being a picky eater, I definitely can relate to that when I was younger. But there was a moment. I guess, throughout my life, but especially after college, when I was going to be traveling for a job. And we had a conference where there was a tray of breakfast food, and it was like eggs, bacon, salad, bread. And I was like, I'm going to starve if I don't eat this, but I don't eat half of this plate. And I decided Mm -hmm. maybe today is the day I'm going to start because I'm about to travel. I need to be a little less picky. And I took a bite of the potatoes. I was like, not so bad, took a bite of the bacon. I was like, this is really not that bad. Uh, and then over time got over being a picky eater more and more. My life
1: really blossomed from there. So it was because almost at, not out of choice, just because you're like, I'm, I'm in survival mode. I need to eat something. Yes. Well, that's, no, that's
0: good. Seriously. It was very stressful. Whenever someone wanted to go out to dinner, I would have to look up their menu ahead of time to even see if I could eat anything there.
1: Oh, wow. Was that reminds me actually when I was losing weight and I was adhering to a more low carb diet. And so I would also have to do the same. So I definitely understand that. But for the most part, growing up, my mom is like, hey, you got to eat this. There's starving children out there. And she showed me like those videos on TV. And then so I just got accustomed to trying everything. And my dad told me something interesting. And I tell this to other people, it's like, hey, at least try it once. If you don't like it, you can spit it out. It's not a big deal, but at least you'll know whether or not you like it. And so I always had that mentality in the back of my mind. hundred
0: percent. That's really good advice. And I think that's probably what I convinced myself to start thinking yeah. because it was getting <laughs> really annoying. So I'm glad that you have a passion for food and therefore a lot of knowledge to share. But let's see where my knowledge is at. Ask me a couple questions and see if I know anything about food, if I've learned anything before this interview. Okay. So when you're cooking, do you, do you cook? You said you cook? A little I'm bit. at a very basic level. So what I'm I guess what I'm saying is that I, I believe I should know the answers to Mm -hmm. your questions. And if I don't, then I'm embarrassing and I probably need to take a cooking class. But I do (laughs) want to say I, in, I believe it was 11th grade. I was in a cooking class in high school Mm -hmm. and we got paired up with a classmate and we had to create our own recipe. And then we had a big party in the classroom where we all tried each other's foods Voted on our favorites, and whoever had the best won aprons and um, Olive Garden gift cards. And oh, my nice. friend and I won. We made, <laughs> thank, you, thank you. And it had to be inspired from a chef. So we were assigned Paula Dean. And so oh, we had nice. to obviously incorporate butter, something very yeah. like delicious. So we yeah. did um, fried chicken bites. So we cut up little pieces of chicken, covered it in flour, egg, breadcrumbs, I believe is the order that took a long time for me to learn. And then we made like a ginger dipping sauce and we won with that recipe. Oh, that sounds really delicious. I'm hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was was great. I made it several more times after we won because I was very impressed with our recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
1: Okay. So one of the questions that a lot of people are even not sure about when you're cooking, let's say you're sauteing and you want to add flavor to your dish, would you Number 1, add in garlic first or would you add onions? If you're going to ev- eventually add both in your like let's say pasta sauce or, or any dish that that you would create, like would you saute the onion first or would you saute the garlic?
0: So when I said that I have basic cooking skills, I definitely didn't mean adding <laughs> extra ingredients mm-hmm. like garlic and <laughs> onion. I would have probably mm-hmm. skipped those steps. So this is gonna be off of what I've seen on social media. And I think when I've watched Taste made and Tasty videos, they do the mm-hmm. onion first. So I'm gonna say onion. Ding, ding,
1: ding. Yes. <laughs> Why, so is because, There's a reason? Yeah, the garlic actually burns much faster. So you wanna saute the onions first. You can let it brown to sweeten it a little bit. And then you wanna add in the garlic. If you add in the garlic first, it'll burn. And that can produce a little bit of a, Uh, a taste that's just not as flavorful um it just tastes like a little bit more burnt versus the onions. so you always want to put the onions in first versus the garlic so another question do you 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 said that you made your fried chicken did you ever did you ever like marinate or tenderize some of your meats while you're cooking
0: You're so funny Tanger. You think I marinate my chicken before I cook it. (laughs) You're so funny. No, my dad does. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I know there's a a grand reason for doing that. I'm sure the flavor gets soaked into Mm -hmm. the chicken in some way, but I personally do not do that or tenderize it. I've never, I've never done that
1: either. (laughs) Okay. So my question is, um, what type of fruits, it's not a yes or no question, but like, what type of fruits do you think help to tenderize the meat?
0: Did you say fruit?
1: Yes, fruit.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say the trick is always a lemon. Somehow I feel like that always helps in everything. So that is the only fruit I can imagine could be the answer. So lemon.
1: Um, well, with acidity, yes. Yes. But um, I don't know if you want to add like lemon necessarily to like your meats. But what you can do is you could add in like chopped mangoes, you could add in chopped pineapples. You can, And if you're lazy or need something more convenient, you can add in like orange juice, apple juice. It just kind of sweetens up the, the flavors of the meat, especially like beef and lamb and, and those kinds of meats, red meats. And then what it also does is it breaks down and makes the meats more tenderized. So when I make ribs, I make my mom's Chinese barbecue pork. What I end up doing is I'll add in a little bit of orange juice or apple juice and then add in whatever's you know, ingredients on top of that. And then I just leave it overnight. And then it makes the meat just so much more tender when you're biting into it.
0: Let me get this straight. You're saying that if I put orange juice, and, and when you say orange juice, you don't mean like Tropicana, you mean a squeeze.
1: No, tro- no, it could be Tropicana because it's the acidity that helps break down the meat. Okay, sure thing. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know about that, but you would know best. So
1: yeah and you don't need a lot just a little bit so if you're if you're looking to make any like steaks and you're going to put a marinade you can always add in just a little bit of like a juice that is acidic and then it'll help break down the meats and that way it's more tender when you eat it the next day amazing
0: and it so it has flavor and it also helps with the texture of the meat
1: yes yes mind-blowing (laughs) Okay.
0: Definitely not something I expected to learn today. Never heard there were other uses for apple juice and orange juice. I understand pineapple, maybe not pineapple juice. I understand like people add pineapple and maybe mango on top of their food after it's cooked, but Mm I have never heard it embracing the meat beforehand. So that's.
1: Yeah. 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 It it definitely works.
0: Okay. Maybe I'll try it and report back, but If I do, everyone will think I'm crazy because I don't think that's a commonly known fact. (laughs) Okay, well, let's dive into some more questions. Before we get into tricks for simple meals and ways to spice up prepared meals, let's start with a basic step. What are some basic tools that we should have in our kitchen for regular everyday survival mode?
1: So I definitely recommend a cutting board. A knife, and it can be any kind of knife. Um, you don't need to go too fancy. Preferably a knife that's at least maybe four inches long, a little bit like heavier. And that way you can cut into like meats if you need to. You can cut into vegetables. Um, and then what I also recommend is like a pan, a flat pan, maybe about six to eight inches if you're just cooking for yourself. And then a pot, maybe the pot can be maybe eight inches sometimes it can be as large as like 10 or 12 inches in diameter and and then obviously like a spatula of some sort so those are kind of the basic hardware of what I recommend for a beginner and then of course you need the essentials such as like oils to cook with salt, black pepper. And if there's any particular spices that you like, like garlic powder, you can add those in as well. And if you like something spicy, add in some chili powder or chili flakes and that that will definitely elevate your your meal.
0: Okay, perfect. I think that's a good starting point. I'm sure you'll add more utensils and spices as we continue through more questions, but good to know. It was only like maybe five or six things you said, so it's not as overwhelming as it probably yeah. seems. But let's say you don't have a full on kitchen. Let's say you just have like a fridge and a microwave. What are some things that we can make besides another round of like ramen or Easy Mac that we could use with just those tools?
1: Well, there's a lot of different convenient foods nowadays where you can bake in a cup and just add flour, add some eggs. Um, stir it up and then add in like chocolate chips. And then you can you know make some kind of cookie in that way and then just put it in the microwave. Um, you can also heat up eggs that way and you can add in like dices of bell peppers, like some ham in there, stir it up and then you have a scramble inside your cup as well. So there's a lot of different recipes for mugs. I've seen them on like Tasty on Buzzfeed. and I've also seen them on Tastemade. So you can look to those types of websites for kind of like the college or easy living lifestyle uh, recipes.
0: That's a good point. I forgot that there are a lot of ways to use a mug in a microwave nowadays. People have gotten mm-hmm. very creative. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know a lot about preparing eggs. That has been a really common question from listeners. They've wanted to know how to prepare eggs, especially more on boiling eggs. Do you know a lot about preparing eggs?
1: Well, my recommendation is to put the eggs in the water and then heat it up. That way it slowly comes, it slowly will cook. Um, Instead of like shocking the egg by putting it in boiling water, it could crack the egg potentially. And then if you want, depending on how long you, or how firm you want your eggs to be, if you want it to be runny or not runny, typically people like allow the eggs to boil for like a few minutes and then they just let it sit. They turn off the heat. They let it sit for maybe a total of like eight minutes, six to eight minutes. And then the egg inside should be a little bit runny. If you want something more like not runny, then maybe you put it in for like 10 or 12 minutes. And then once you're done with that, let it cool. Some people put it in water, ice water and then start peeling off the the eggshell.
0: Perfect. I have been meaning to make deviled eggs. That's just something I've been wanting oh. to do. And there are easy recipes online, but I just haven't had the guts to try it because I love deviled eggs. And if I mess it up, I will be very upset. So I just haven't done it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can do it. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. And just experiment. Don't be afraid. I mean, a card usually comes with 12 eggs. You <laughs> you have 12 eggs to try with and you could you know test out like different like heat like different levels of heat to see what's going to work but usually around like six to eight minutes is going to produce like a runny a little bit of a runny egg so for deviled egg you might want to do like 10 to 12 minutes and if you are really unsure you can do something a little bit longer than that but I would say no more than 12 to 15 minutes is probably long enough for to fully boil an egg
0: Okay, good. I didn't, I actually forgot about the point that if I don't boil it long enough, it will not be a cooked egg.
1: So yeah,
0: I'm glad we had this talk before I went forward. Okay, so let's rewind a bit. Some people love fast food. Obviously, mm-hmm. people don't want to always cook and it's easy. Mm-hmm. And to some people, it's delicious. I think it's nasty.
1: But um... <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Except Pan Express. I do love their orange chicken. So that's, that's probably true, one of you my do. exceptions that is right. I, was that,
0: that was your fun fact on the game show, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so when we do choose fast food, are there ways to elevate it that make it taste and look a little bit more like a five-star meal?
1: Sure. So let's say you're going to grab a burger and it's the basic burger, either it's McDonald's, Burger King's, um, In-N-Out, you know, you could add in fresh vegetables. That automatically will elevate the taste, the texture of the burger by adding in like crunchy lettuce, romaine lettuce, or iceberg lettuce. You can add in tomatoes to make it a little bit more juicy. You can add in pickles for that acidity and saltiness. If you want to like elevate it even more, you can add in Like different spicy cheeses in there, or goat cheese or feta cheese, just different types of cheeses to add like another flavor. You could go fancy and put a little bit of truffle oil that you can buy from the store. Is truffle oil
0: expensive? I've heard it's expensive.
1: You know, at Trader Joe's, I believe you can buy it between like seven and twelve dollars, and you don't need that much, just a little bit, or you can buy truffle salt as well to add a little bit of that flavor and saltiness. Um, And if you wanna go even fancier, you can pickle your own or buy pickled vegetables and add that to your burger as well to add a little bit of that tartness and acidity. Nice.
0: So a lot of people probably choose fast food because it saves time, it's on the go. And I think a common excuse, or I guess a reason, uh, that people don't cook is because of how long it takes so do you have any recipes or suggestions of foods that we can prepare that maybe we can do, even if we don't have a lot of time that could be on the go?
1: Yeah, so I want to say if you are sauteing a lot, a lot of recipes without meat, because usually the meat part takes the longest, so if it's already prepared meats, um, you could just throw that in. Let's say you want to make a fried rice. So you can already buy prepared food. So you can buy like already cooked rice, already cooked chicken, and then dice up some fresh vegetables and kind of just stir fry it together, add in an egg and call it a day. So it shouldn't take more than, let's say, 10, 15 minutes to heat it up.
0: What are some tricks? I guess a big problem for me with cooking is that when I buy raw chicken, I have to mm-hmm. put a bunch of it in the freezer so that it lasts. And I'll put maybe Uh like one or two cutlets in the fridge with the expectation that I will cook it. Uh Then I don't want to. So it either goes bad or I put it back in the Uh freezer. Uh And then when I put it back in the freezer, I decide I want to cook it, but it's now frozen and I can't use it. Uh Uh So do you have any advice for, I guess, more so with cooking with
1: meat? Sure. So let's say... Uh, for chicken, what you could do is you could take it out of the freezer, marinate a few different flavors that you like. And then what you could do afterwards is you could stick that in the toaster oven, your oven, you could pan fry it. You could also put it in the air fryer, which if you don't have, you need to get it so easy to cook with that. (laughs) Yes. And then what you can do is like, since it's already made, you could always put that Finished product back or finished meal back into the freezer and eat it later on. So it'll still be good, especially for meats. Okay, that's very helpful. and that'll save yeah, and that'll save you a lot of time afterwards because then you can just pull it out, you know, stick in the microwave or dice it up and you know saute it however you like. But just having that prepared food already that'll save you a lot of time later on.
0: I definitely agree. Do you have tricks for? Making sure the meat doesn't get really dry in case you do end up, you know, saving it and reheating it.
1: Mm -hmm. So what I usually like to do is I usually put like a lid over my pan or my pot and that keeps a lot of the moisture in. Also what you want to make sure to do is like if you marinate it, it it helps lock in a lot of the moisture as well. So it's not so dry and also cook the chicken in like a low heat, like a low or low to medium heat. Because if you cook it really high, you're already like going to burn the outside. And then, and then in order to like, to fully cook the inside, if you keep the heat that high, it'll just make the meat just, very tough and you don't want to do that. So if you're unsure on how to cook meat, just cook it on like a low heat setting and that should help a lot. Okay, perfect.
0: I didn't mean to make this so much about chicken, but
1: as you might recall from
0: my tray in the dining hall, I'm a big Mm -hmm. advocate for chicken consumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And you can also wrap it in tin foil and bake it in the toaster oven oven or air fryer as well. And that'll keep the moisture in.
0: Okay. So this air fryer is clearly a hot item. I need to invest. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. You can get one as cheap as maybe like $60 all the way up to like several hundreds of dollars. And if you're just cooking for yourself, you can just buy one of the smaller ones. My mom bought me one last year and I'm so grateful. (laughs) I love it. I cook everything in it.
0: Great. I'm sure with that and also just with other cooking strategies that you end up with leftovers. Are there some tricks for spicing up your leftovers and making them not taste so next day?
1: Yeah, actually, I do like leftovers because that's usually where all the flavors, like, you know, soaked in and (laughs) the flavors become intense. But for instance, if you, let's say you have kind of a rice pilaf or just a bunch of different carbs. You could like do a stuffed bell pepper and take all of those ingredients and stuff in a bell pepper and put cheese on top and then put that in either the microwave if you're being really lazy, or you could put Mm -hmm. that in like the oven or toaster oven and let the cheese melt on top and then let the bell pepper kind of like soften and eat that that way let's say you have some extra meat from like thanksgiving you could always make an open face sandwich with that and then you can always you can always add in like chili flakes to make it spicier sometimes what i do is if i want <clears throat> if i have like a like a rice pilaf and i have like ground meat inside what i sometimes will do is i'll add in like a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of curry just to add a little different flavor it. So, it enhances like a different type of flavor than it was before. Great.
0: Uh, okay, I have a kind of different question, but still, I think, a very helpful one. What are some easy date meals? So, let's say someone wants to impress their boo. What are some meals that you can make that will impress somebody? Or even better, what are some ways to make meals with that person and not look super embarrassing?
1: Sure. So you could do a chicken or a fish, you can marinate that in different sauces that you could buy at the grocery store, like a teriyaki one, and then just put it on low heat. You can also boil or steam some vegetables. And I say, I, I pick those two types of meats and that type of vegetable just because it's very light. Um, So you'll feel like full, but not heavy. And because if you feel heavy, you might feel sluggish and you want to save that energy for the good conversation and if all else fails, (laughs) or whatever you want to call it. um, And then if all else fails, just make sure you have really good wine or tequila. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I also may suggest, and it depends on the person, but they do say hunger makes the best flavor. So the longer you make them wait, the more likely they're going to be excited to eat your meal. (laughs) Great point.
0: So yeah, just make sure the meal takes forever to make and you won't be embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Great. And then Are there any other simple hacks for young adults who are just starting very basic skills with cooking?
1: So start to recognize what are your favorite flavors and foods? Like what are your favorite dishes and take those dishes and try to incorporate them into like, you know what other foods you want to rec- recreate. So let's say you really love grilled cheese sandwiches, for instance. Maybe you could try it with not just American cheese. You could try it with like a spicier cheese or a monster cheese. It just depends on what you're looking for. And then, and in, maybe instead of dipping it in a tomato bisque, you can do a butternut uh, squash soup. So you could try things like that. Just change little things here and there, and just experiment. Like if you like something that has one type of flavor, and then you also like something that has a different type of flavor, maybe try adding them together and see if it tastes good. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then you know, okay, those two flavors don't go together. But just don't be afraid to try. That's
0: a good point. When you say to try different flavors, it made me think about, um, obviously, I love garlic. I think garlic tastes great on almost anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember a recipe, I was trying to follow a recipe and it asked for minced garlic. And of course, mm-hmm. I don't have garlic. So I, mm-hmm. I knew at the grocery store they sold already minced garlic, but then there's mm-hmm. also garlic powder, garlic salt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, I was judged for replacing minced garlic with just garlic powder, But in Mm -hmm. my mind, I don't really know the difference besides one being a powder and one being, I guess, fresh. Is there a bigger difference Mm -hmm. even in flavor with choosing those different
1: types? In terms of like adding like fresh garlic versus powdered, fresh garlic tends to be more intense, has more intense flavors. So it depends on how much of that flavor you want. If you just kind of want the essence of garlic, then I would say go for a powder. But either way... You can't go wrong because you're still going to taste that garlic flavor that you like. And it's also whatever is convenient. Uh, I do want to say for the most part, a lot of herbs, when they're drier, they don't have that same intensity as maybe some of the fresh herbs. But at the same time, let's say people are experimenting with eating like shiitake mushrooms. If you have fresh shiitake mushrooms in your ramen, it's doesn't have that intense flavor. It has like a lighter, more subtle flavor of a mushroom versus the dehydrated ones where we tend to put that more in soups. So that way it creates like a more flavorful stock. So it really depends, just try and experiment. You could always try the actual dry herb itself and see how intense that flavor is. And then if it's not as intense, you can add in more.
0: Okay, cool. I like the the phrase essence of garlic. I think that was a,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a nice little <laughs> phrase there. So obviously you gave a lot of different ideas for how to start basic cooking. If we want to learn more about how to even cook it in the first place, are there any websites or social media accounts or anything that you recommend that have very basic cooking guidance?
1: I highly recommend YouTubing everything when i'm not sure about something how to you know how to cook certain meals or how to prep certain dishes i go there and i start searching like how to boil an egg how to make fried chicken and i would say that would be the easiest source so you could see visually instead of just reading about it you could see exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it and what's great is you can actually leave a comment if you have any questions as well and then once you get used to the basics you can start looking at different videos on Instagram or Facebook through Tasty, through BuzzFeed's Tasty site, or through Tastemade. Um, One of my sites, once you are more experienced, or if you want to create something that's just delicious and a little bit more intricate, you could go to Epicurious. That's one of my favorite websites for regional cuisine. So I've had like a Moroccan dish that closely resembled to a Moroccan cuisine that I had in Morocco. I've also looked up Chinese dumplings and that website has a version more closely to what my mom would make versus other websites that I have seen.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've tried all kinds of things. I've tried YouTube. I've tried just Googling and seeing whatever the first blogger's recipe was. Mm-hmm. I've done cookbooks and it's 50-50 for me. Sometimes it works and I think that I should be on chef. and then sometimes <laughs> it is burnt, tastes disgusting. We all agree, wasn't a success. So it's good to know where a good basic place would be to start. And it sounds like YouTube can completely handle that.
1: Yeah. And just don't be afraid to experiment and try. I remember when I was in college and I first started cooking because I don't have my mom, you know, cooking for me anymore. And it, it was funny because I was making a spaghetti pasta and my spaghetti sauce ended up being like really chunky to the point where my friends were like, hey, is this spaghetti sauce or is, are you making stew? Like, I can't tell the difference. Oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> so then I realized, okay, maybe I should finally chop the onions and the bell peppers and whatever else I want it and mushrooms that I want to include in there. I personally liked it. Some of them liked it because they ate it, but um, I think also we didn't have a choice because we were in college, and we just ate whatever we could access.
0: And maybe enough time had passed that your hunger had grown because it had been so long, so anything tasted good.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so, and then now going, you know, it's been many years since college, and if I do make a spaghetti sauce and I do it from scratch, I realize like, hey, actually making spaghetti sauce takes time because you want... Those vegetable pieces to actually almost disintegrate within the sauce itself, or immerse itself, so that way it's softer and not too chunky like a stew. So those things just take time and just practice. Practice the dishes that you like, and dishes that maybe you want to like make for someone that that you want to impress like your family or your friends or your boyfriend or girlfriend and just keep practicing there's no wrong way and in the worst case scenario if it doesn't turn out the way that you want then try again <laughs>
0: Yeah, at least you can say that you tried
1: so exactly a good point
0: uh amazing i know there are so much more we can cover about cooking i know that there's so many other foods to cook that we would love to know more about Um, And that can totally be on another episode, but in the meantime, I'd love for you to share how we can reach out to you if we have more cooking questions or want to see some easy recipes.
1: Sure. So you can find me at my website. It's dash of ting.com. It's basically my dash of advice for food and travel. You can also find me on Instagram, same handle dash of ting, Facebook. Um, I will be doing more videos on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, in the worst case scenario, you can also email me at tinger at dash of ting.com
0: amazing I am so happy that we got this episode in Tanger has been with me from the beginning of me creating this podcast so I'm just so thankful that you're here and this is happening and that I'm able to share (laughs) your knowledge with others so thank you and thanks everyone for listening hopefully this spiced up your day and we will see you next time (laughs) thank you if there is a basic task or aspect of life that you cannot grasp Or if you want to learn more about this topic, email HowDidIGetThisFar at gmail.com and tag at HowDidIGetThisFarPod on Instagram with your helpful hacks. Finally, please give the podcast a rating and review so the show can continue tackling more struggles. But that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.